Hey everybody, boy do we have a fantastic episode for you this week. This week we're talking about the 2001 film Battlefield Earth starring John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker, based on the novel by L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology. John Travolta made this film as a sort of ode to the founder of his religion, and as you'll hear from this episode, it is absolutely terrible. In fact, during our actual date night, Caitlin fell asleep, and as a result, she had to go back and watch the movie two more times just in order to understand it. But, as you will come to find out, neither of us really had any idea what was going on, despite how many times we watched it. So, settle into your seats, and I hope you enjoy this episode of Bad Movie Date Night. sci-fi that's a good movie for the whole family if i ran into john travolta i would thank him for making this pleasant film pleasant that's what it says pleasant (laughs) (laughs) welcome to bad movie date night the podcast where my wife and i watch a horrible movie during one of our dates and share our thoughts with you i'm nigel from a journey into film.com with me is my wife caitlin hey there And this week, we're talking about Battlefield Earth, the John Travolta Scientology sci-fi movie released in 2000. And boy, was this awful. (laughs) It was released in 2000? Yeah. I feel like I did look that up, but also, I don't understand. Why the split scenes? You know what I'm talking about? The wipes? Yeah. Okay. Is that a 2000 thing? I thought that was the 90s. I have a theory about that. Okay. But we'll get there in a second. Okay. This was, this movie was baffling to me. Like, we normally, whenever we're recording these, we try to, you know, follow the summary just from memory. Right. But I don't remember half of this movie. And I've read and reread the summary multiple times. And you've watched the movie three times at this point. I've watched the movie three times. And I cannot tell you what the plot was, what the point was, or even begin to start a summary. (laughs) That being said, um, let's just jump into some initial thoughts. What did you like about the movie? What did you dislike about it? And what was your favorite line? Okay, first off, I watched the movie three times, okay? So here's the thing. I'm a bad wife and fell asleep during our awesome date night. And as punishment, that means I had to rewatch the movie by myself at a later date. So I did that, and I picked up where I fell asleep and watched it through, and I felt like I was missing something. So I was like, great, now I really have to rewatch this from beginning to end again. And I did that, and that was so many punishments. <laughs> I will not be falling asleep again. That was... Too much. No one should have to watch that movie three times. No. 
I didn't even watch it a second time. Uh, three times. It was, yeah. Uh, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> Did you like anything about it? No. Um, no. There was nothing enjoyable about this movie to me. Like, even watching it through three times, I couldn't even find something enjoyable. <laughs> so, no. No. Is Did it, you? Is there anything specific you didn't like about it? <sighs> Everything. Um... The acting was horrendous. I mean, some of the worst acting. I'm also confused how John Travolta can do, like, Grease. I know it's not, like, the best movie, okay? But I'm a sucker for musicals, and I like him in Grease. I thought he did, like, a good job acting as Danny Zuko. Yeah, or, like, Danny Pulp Zuko. Fiction. Or, he did phenomenal um, in Pulp Fiction. I want to say Boogie Nights, but I don't think that's the right movie. No, I know what you're talking about. It's not Boogie Nights, but um, yeah. But yeah, I but, mean, John Travolta is generally considered a decent actor. So why was he so bad in this? Well, also, Forrest Whitaker was in this, and he was also pretty bad. Yeah, everyone was bad. So bad. Uh, so the acting was just really bad. I would say that was my least favorite part. And also, I didn't understand their, what are they, aliens? Alien politics? I tried to, like, follow the politics, and I just, I think their politics are double-crossing as many people as you can at all times. Well, apparently, if you do something wrong, they can shoot you <laughs> on the spot. What is What does he say? Uh, the government, no, what does he say? He says, like, um, the government's sent me to uh, ex- not exterminate you, but it was something. I don't know. It's just that. Oh, vaporize. Oh, yeah. They're trying to vaporize everybody. They vaporize everybody. I don't even really know what it means to be vaporized either. Well, because the only time you see them shoot anybody, it's like. Those laser, like, boing lasers. It's like a blast of air that <laughs> comes out of the gun and it goes through them and then yeah. they're dead. <laughs> but sometimes they don't even die because sometimes it just stuns them. Yeah. They didn't do a good job of differentiating when they were stunning people and when they were killing people. And what is vaporizing? Is that killing? I think that means you're, like, it's like an Infinity War thing where they just turn into dust. Did like you're vaporized. I don't remember seeing that. Avengers Infinity War? No. <laughs> no, in the movie, I don't remember them oh, actually they vaporizing. they probably didn't have the budget for it. Oh, well, that makes sense. Okay. What did you like about it? Oh, nothing. This was a garbage <laughs> movie. This is the first time I watched a movie and my mouth fell open for at least 80% of the runtime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there have been moments where I'm watching uh, a movie and I'm like impressed by it. Mm-hmm. And I just I feel my jaw just kind of dropping down as I'm like, oh, that's really cool. Or like, this is really stupid. But no, for the first time ever, I was aghast at how terrible this movie, I this movie was worse than I anticipated it being, and arguably, I would say it makes Troll Two look like <laughs> The Godfather. <laughs> I enjoyed Troll Two more than this movie because when you were like giving me options of which movie I wanted to pick, I was like, "Oh, John Travolta in space as an alien, sign me up." An L. Ron Hubbard book, uh. Yes, this sounds like it could be a horribly good bad movie. And this was just a horribly bad, bad movie. 
<laughs> Do you have a favorite line from it? Oh, yes. So there's the scene where um, the human, the the man animal. Johnny. Right. Has the gun that he somehow got. And, and John Travolta is talking to one of his minions and says... I'm not going to write in my report killed by a man animal unless I see it done. And so he tells the minion to get the gun from the man animal, Johnny. And the minion says, if I go for the gun, I might get shot. And and this is John Travolta's <laughs> response to that. <laughs> you could get shot. I could grow a third arm. <laughs> what? Like, like, just take a minute to explain that logic to me. One of those is a lot more probable than the other. Let's. Uh, it's also important to note that John Travolta's character, um, Turl, Curl. I I never knew his name. Uh, we'll figure it out. But John Travolta's character, he's supposed to be like the head of security for this race of aliens living right. on Earth. Right, And he is constantly... I don't know if that was like... Maybe that's like the joke of the movie <laughs> is that his his head of security is just so dumb that he's constantly underestimating humans. Maybe. He's like, oh, they, they're incapable of using guns. Right. Or <laughs> like... <laughs> Just all these, uh, at one point he argues with, uh, with Forrest Whitaker about, or Forrest Whitaker's like, oh, maybe they can fly. And it's like the <laughs> only time that, <laughs> it's the only time that John Travolta knows, like, no, they definitely don't fly. <laughs> Turl. That, Turl's his character. That didn't even make sense, that whole scene about him flying. Because, like, I feel like there's no point in bringing that in. Well, maybe, because he, he was getting ready to jump off, I know. And they're like, well, maybe he was just going to fly. And he's like, he can't fly. Like, why did we even need that? There's lots of <gasps> scenes in the... the so, what this movie is a perfect example of a movie that uses moments instead of scenes. Whereas, like, a good movie will have scenes that continue one after another yeah. to form a cohesive story. <laughs> this movie or just a cohesive has, thought. Or, yeah, anything cohesive. <laughs> this movie just has lots of moments, like, lots of Saturday Night Live sketches of, <laughs> <laughs> of, like, things happening. Yeah. Like, oh, this needs to happen, so we should do it in this room with these characters and explain this thing. Right. And that's just kind of like the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't form any sort of cohesive anything. Nope. My favorite line is, so one of the running plots of this movie is Forrest Whitaker is John Travolta's like protege. He's like training him to be... Apparently, Forrest Whitaker used to be, like, a, a secretary, and now he's like, <laughs> I'm going to train you to be a soldier. And uh, so he's all, John Travolta's always, like, teaching him these lessons about, like, how to be I a think good I know your head of security. Line. Oh, you do. And at one point, Forrest Whitaker thinks that he has outsmarted John Travolta in this elaborate scheme to dig up gold. <laughs> and... John Travolta's trying to figure out, like, who told Forrest Whitaker about his double-crossing plan. 
and John Travolta, like, he, he's, like, guessing who it is. <laughs> and he says, I hate these things. I feel like, like it's a test I'm not prepared for. <laughs> well, hell, it could even be your friendly bartender. And he pulls the bartender's <laughs> head out of this drawer. <laughs> oh, that was a great line. I like the way John Travolta delivered that line, though, because he was the way, like, he was talking What's his name? To what's his face? To Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, to Kerr. For- Kerr. Uh, it's so smug and cocky. And and so he obviously knew who he told the secret to. And he's just, like, delivered that line so cocky and so, like, arrogant in the most perfect way that only John Travolta could deliver that line. John Travolta surprisingly plays the villain in this movie. Yeah. And I was thinking, if for someone who's advocating to make a movie based on a book written by the founder of my religion. He, You would think that he would want to play Johnny. Right. I and, thought the same thing. And apparently John Travolta felt that he was too old to play the Johnny character at this point. What when, does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> That's going to be my answer for a lot of this movie. <laughs> and But without all the makeup and everything... I don't think John Travolta would look that much older no. than Barry Pepper, who plays Johnny. No. Um, maybe just not as lean. Maybe that's what he was getting at. Like, oh, I'm, I've put on some pounds, <laughs> whatever. Maybe. Huh. <laughs> I really don't know. But he plays, like, the most char- – like, it wasn't like he was playing a real villain. It was like he was playing a caricature of, like, a Saturday – morning cartoon villain yes that's exactly what he was doing (laughs) oh my gosh that's perfect just delivering these long elaborate like uh monologues about things like another one of my favorite lines is when uh he's talking to the bartender and the bartender's like um thanks I forget his name again. Thanks, John Travolta, for um, keeping my secret. And he was like, well, I didn't say that I would. And and then he basically says, like, but if something about, like, if we're friends, I would keep that secret for you. And he goes, "Um, oh, yeah, thanks for being my friend and keeping that secret. And John Travolta goes, ah. what is, but what we're is, not friends. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the stupidest punchline. Like, but we're not friends. Like, and every okay. line he delivers ends with some kind of forced laughter. Like he's trying to be villainous. Right. But it's not. No. The other one I <laughs> I really like is, well, I can assure you that I was not groomed since birth to have some cushy job that even a moron like you could perform. While you were still learning how to spell your name, I was being trained to conquer galaxies. To do anything less is a disgrace to my entire family line. <laughs> and that's my impersonation of... Uh, that was pretty spot on, so... Oh. I mean, you've basically seen the movie at this point. I mean, pretty much. Uh, pretty much. The only other line is... Uh, the one about the rat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does he say? He says, um, They could have chosen anything, and they chose a rat. <laughs> They're rat brains. <laughs> and then he proceeds to call man animals rat brains for the rest of the movie. Yeah. So, final thought before we get into a summary of everything is, 
it was very frustrating to hear them say man animals because <gasps> I thought that it was a missed opportunity for them to say manimals. Why, why didn't they? I don't know. Uh, maybe they just didn't think that one through. Oh, my. So the this movie was directed by Roger Christian, who was a second unit director on Star Wars Episode One, meaning he did like a lot of the extra stuff that didn't need like, any of the main characters in it. So I like to think that's why there are all these swipes in it. But also, well, I'll tell you some more later. Uh, so he also directed Nostradamus in a movie called The Sender. Those are like his two biggest movies. It was written by Corey Mandel, who has two credits to his name, this movie, and then a TV movie called Love Kills. And then J.D. Shapiro, which surprisingly wrote Robin Hood, Men in Tights, and another movie called We Married Margot. Hmm. Which uh, Shapiro, he tried to get his name removed from this movie. That's a good call. But the Writers Guild wouldn't let him use a pseudonym, mm. and his lawyer convinced him to keep his name on mm. the movie, which is a very bad... That's a bad call. Yeah. No. All right, so let's jump into a summary. Oh, boy. So this movie starts off with a Planet of the Apes-type mm-hmm. camp where these humans are living. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's also this really great introduction where it says, like, it's the year 3000, human beings are, it, I think it even says human beings are extinct, but then we're shown yeah. a group of humans. But I think, like, like there wasn't a lot of women. At least that's the impression I got because everyone was like, oh, you have a woman. Oh, you have a woman. And, like, so I thought they there was They were so impressed that he was like, I got this lady. Right. So Johnny rides up to the camp on a horse Mm -hmm. and jumps off and he runs up to this woman and I don't remember her name and he's like I I found all the medicine that I can Mm -hmm. and she says it's too late the gods took your father meaning that his father died while he was off getting medicine and even though he handed her the medicine he then turns around and chucks something into the (laughs) bush and screams and lets out a thing of anger oh one other thing that's really important. This movie almost exclusively uses Dutch angles, meaning every scene is tilted slightly. And the I've heard two different conflicting facts about that. One, that the, the cinematographer was given a very small budget and he was forced to do it, but then also that he was trying to make the movie look like a comic book. Well, he failed in that regard, and I'm not a cinematographer, so I don't know, but I don't really know how those angled shots would save you money, but okay. Uh, I mean, typically an angle like that's used to, uh, in like, add a sense of suspense to a scene mm. or make you feel like something's off, and... Yeah, that whole movie was off. You didn't really need the Dutch angles to give you that feeling about this <laughs> No, you did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So then they're in the cave, and they're talking about demons for some reason. Because gods and demons. Yeah. Apparently, human beings have devolved into this primitive race of people that wears... Loincloths. Loincloths and animal skins. Like Fred Flintstone-ish. Yeah, basically. And Johnny's like... He says something about, like, they don't exist, so he goes off and tries to... Do you remember what happens? Like, why does he leave again? He wants to prove that, like, that they don't exist. And and so he, he goes 
off and like tries to find out what they're afraid of. And he finds like I guess they must be in an old theme park because there's oh, like Oh, I thought that was like a mini golf course. Cuz he finds um, a he finds a giant like plaster dragon looking right, thing. And right. then I thought I thought one of them was like a golf ball. Yeah. I mean, it could have been. It could have been Epcot. Yeah, they could have been at <laughs> Disney and you would I mean, the movie's version of Disney. Right. But they're in the mountains. Right. Which made me think they were on the West Coast. It makes no sense. They could literally be anywhere. There's no rhyme or reason to the geography of this movie. No. So he he finds the like dragon thing and he's like, this is what we were so afraid of. And yeah, he I thinks it's confused. one of the demons. Yeah, which I was confused. Like, why were they afraid of that? Why did they think it was a demon? That wasn't really explained why they thought why that specific thing was a demon. It didn't even move. No, the the thing that made that more confusing you assume that the demons that they're talking about are the aliens, the right. cyclos, the right. creatively named race of aliens. Oh, but I just understood something. What did you just understand? <laughs> when she says the gods took your father, she meant like he died. Yeah, that's what I said. I <laughs> didn't I just say that? <laughs> I thought it meant that the aliens. <laughs> took his father and they thought the aliens were gods i thought that for a little bit okay. because the painting that they have on the wall of their cave of the demons looks like the dragon right from the miniature golf course right don't know what they were thinking there i don't because know the, i mean the dragon doesn't move right and there's nothing scary about it no oh i just remembered another part of this movie that is so great and pointless, but we'll get there in a second. <laughs> Several seconds. Uh, he, they end up in a mall and they start talking. They they talk about how the mannequins are like frozen people that the oh, god the gods yeah. froze yeah. people. Like how stupid are they? It's been it's been a thousand years since the aliens took over, and uh, do they not have mannequins? Do none they of, not remember mannequins? None of these people were around, so who who would have told them about what a mannequin is? Who would have told them that it was frozen people? I, I don't know, actually. The, the, oh, my god! You would think that some of the stories of things the way they were before the Cyclos was passed on, but it was not. This movie's painful to talk about. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. Who shows up in the mall to kidnap them? The aliens. The aliens, of course, because how else would a movie like this play out? It, it shouldn't. It should just be over with at this point. All right, all right. So this is when the humans get captured. Right. And they go to the cyclo base, which for some reason, I, I don't understand why... But apparent, but the cyclos land on Earth, and then they have to build this giant glass box that they call a dome for them to all be in because they can't breathe Earth air. And when the ship sets down with the with the humans in it, none of the humans can breathe. But they also it should also be important to note you never find out why they kidnap the humans. You would think that an alien race that eradicated human beings 
and assumes that they are a primitive species would just leave them alone unless they had some purpose for enslaving them. Right. But there's no purpose. Like, I don't even see the human beings do the man animals, if you will, do anything other than, like, at one point they're in a jail. And at one point they're all walking, chained together. But that's, like, the only time I ever see them, like, do anything. So, I don't know. They captured them, but they have no purpose. It's like they captured them and we're thinking, like, well, just in case we need these, we'll have them. Yeah. Just well, in case. Okay, so the... the and the and they have a conversation at one point about using the humans, the man animals, for mining, but it's right. against the law, against their laws, <laughs> for them to use man animals for mining. Right, which makes no sense. Why is that a law? I don't know. And they think that the man animals are incapable of using the mining equipment, so again, why capture the humans? Yeah. And they don't even want to be on this planet. So it's like, why are you taking all these prisoners if you don't even want to be here? They're not doing anything to you. You're not using them for anything. Why have them? Well, I think it all comes down to mining. I think it comes down to Scientology. How so? (laughs) (laughs) They just take in people. And there's no purpose, and nobody's really doing anything there. They're just there. And eventually... When you pay enough money, you get into the learning machine to figure out that it's all aliens controlling everything. Exactly. I mean, it's clear as mud. That's what I think. <laughs> this whole movie is just symbolic of how Scientology is a scam. It's it's a cry for help from John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did go into the movie thinking, like, this is a message about Scientology because they have the levels of aliens just like they have the levels in Scientology. Yeah. And now it's like the, like only John Travolta can know all the privileged information of the yeah. aliens. And You're stuff. like spot like, on. I but know. there's still like a higher group exactly of aliens above, above him. Exactly, above him. Who knows where it ends? With the cycloplanet. Probably. you just blowing my mind right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably all of the thought that went into this So movie. if we watch it again with, with Scientology knowledge, I bet we will like learn a secret code. That'll, like, get us into Scientology and we'll, like, move up a rank or something. That's where all those five-star reviews are coming from <laughs> on Amazon. It's all these Scientologists who... They're like, this makes perfect sense. This movie's... This is probably, like, a coupon to get to the next level of Scientology. <laughs> Free of charge. If you can sit through this movie without crying <laughs> and without falling asleep, you, you're like... Well, I'm out. You, you go to the next level of Scientology. It's like a cheat code. It is. <laughs> I think that's way better. That's what we're going with. It's yeah. about Scientology. That's exactly what this movie is about. The end. End podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they round up these humans, Johnny and his buddy, who were in the mall, and they touch down in the cyclo camp. And this is where Johnny grabs the cyclo gun and kills the guard. Right. And John Travolta's like, man, animals can't use guns. Like, <laughs> just take it from him. And the guy says, I'll get shot. Everybody in this movie <laughs> is more intelligent than John, John Travolta. Travolta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this is how dumb John Travolta is. Because he's, okay, so like he's training Forrest Whitaker to take his spot as head of security. Which, why he picked a someone who's a secretary, I don't know. 
because it's very obvious that he has dozens of people working underneath him who are also soldiers, not secretaries. Maybe he thought he would be the least threat to him. I don't really know why he'd be threatening. He wants to get off the planet. I don't know. I mean, he maybe he knew that he was going to get stuck on the planet. And so he thought, well, just in case. Yeah. But we find out from the one of the higher-ups from the Cycloplanet touches down and tells... They use teleporters, which is cool. Question sure. mark. <laughs> Neat. Also, side note, all of the CGI in this movie is garbage. Oh, yeah. Like... How would you even describe how bad the CGI is? It almost... You remember the video game in Jason X that they played? Yeah. Worse than that. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. This movie almost makes Birdemic CGI look decent. <laughs> the So the, the head of the Cyclo people comes down and says... Uh, he basically tells John Travolta that he's not going to stay there, like not going to leave. Which another one of my favorite lines is when they're they're all sitting at this table, right? And and the the government guys, I don't know the the, the head up, the senator, Senator Palpatine. I don't know what story they're following here, but however their planets things work, the head honchos there and and they're sitting at this table and they're like talking about how they are now just telling John Travolta after he thinks he's going to be leaving. He's been training this guy, Forrest Whitaker, to take his place. And he's, For who knows how long. Right. And he's thinking he's finally going to get off this planet and they say... Oh, you have to stay here for another 50 cycles with endless options for renewal, with endless options for that. Like, it's oh, an yeah. echo it, playing. It echoes, <laughs> but it sounds like he's just, like, the audio broke yeah. because it doesn't sound like an echo. No. It just sounds like he's repeating the line. It's like, literally, they were like, just say this line five times. For endless cycles of renewal. For endless cycles of renewal. Like, it's the exact same tone all the way through, and you're like what is happening and like the camera angle is all weird and it's like circling and it's just bad that scene was painfully the bad part about it is you find out that the reason for this is apparently there was something that happened between john travolta and the senator's daughter which i don't even i guess like i guess it was like inappropriate but i didn't even understand that because i was like wait a minute did we see this happen did no we, we didn't see this happen it, it was just like briefly mentioned it was a line that was just tossed out yeah. to explain why they had to keep him there right they they didn't even really need to give a reason for it they no. could have just said oh we're keeping you here because right. you're so good at your job right <laughs> That could not be <laughs> true. Or because maybe... You're so bad at your job. That's probably what it really was. They just... This race of aliens is all about respect and whatnot. So they had to... They had to let him off easy. Like, oh, it's because of this inappropriate thing you did, not because you're bad at your job. Oh, gosh. And then they laugh because everyone laughs at everything. Everybody laughs at everything. And so they're like, ha, 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 ha. It's pretty great. So then John Travolta hatches this elaborate plan, and he never explains the plan fully, but we know that it involves mining mm -hmm. and gold and man animals. He want, I don't know what he plans to do with the gold, because it sounds like the aliens are already there mining the gold. Right. He wants more gold to keep for himself. Okay. But he's had a... Is he not, like, in charge there? 
He is. Well, he is, but he isn't. Because remember, there's like cameras everywhere. It's not like he could just like take the gold. He's not getting paid enough. He wants this lump sum of gold for himself. Okay. So, but then to make it even weirder, there's this Jabba the Hutt looking guy (laughs) who might be in charge of him. I think he's in charge of him. Okay. We find out. Eventually, we find out that this guy is also skimming money off the top. Right. He's messing with the books. Yeah. But that comes... I don't really know when that happens. (laughs) It happens. It doesn't matter. So, to put John Travolta's plan into action, he tries to convince Jabba the Hutt (laughs) that they need to use man animals to mine gold. So, he he almost tells him what his plan is. In a deceptive sort of way. It's like he's trying to tell him we need to do this, but he has an ulterior motive to it. Right. So so, so this is what happens when you watch it three times. (laughs) (laughs) So he so John Travolta says, like, oh, we should use man animals to mine gold. And the guy who's in charge of him, Jabba the Hutt, is like, we can't do that. Number one, it's illegal. Number two, if it doesn't work, like, what if they can't do it? I'll be a laughing stock. And he was like, well, I'll, I'll do this for you. I'll do a favor for you here. I'll take the man animals and we'll take some mining equipment and we'll just go out to a remote location. Better you not know where. And that's what he literally said. I know. <laughs> and then we'll practice and see if the man animals can do this and if they can mine gold. But he didn't say that there's gold there. He just wanted them to learn the equipment somewhere else. And then he was like, so if they learn this equipment, I'll bring them back. They'll mine gold here. We won't have to pay our workers to do that. So you'll get more money. And because at this point, we know that there's a shortage of paying the workers to mine. There's something up with that. Right. And so it's not like he went, it's not like he went off and told him his whole plan. He just, the son, Java the Hutt just thinks that John Travolta is taking man animals to a location to just practice the mining equipment. But really he's taking them there to mine the gold and keep it for himself. And then no one's none the wiser. Oh, okay. they, they can do it. When you watch it three times, you start to pick up on things. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so then we jump to a very bizarre... This is this is what I was talking about with moments and scenes. Because next thing we know... Well, there's a scene where Johnny's in, in the human jail, and he fights with a guy over, like, sloppy Food, mashed potatoes. Right. Green, Yeah, they're, like, nasty slop, which, why they're fighting over that... Sure. Um, but then th- at some point we're, see- we're shown this scene where Johnny is running away from two of the aliens and they are they have some kind of bet about him being Surviving. able to breathe. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Like being able to breathe for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, I get that they would want to like toy with him, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make like we don't see any lead up to this. It's just there. So there's no right. rhyme or reason to no. this. You kind of assume that he escaped and maybe they were chasing him. Mm-hmm. And he's running through the mind thing and they he doesn't have a breathing thing. And the, he runs into a human or he steals the breathing thing from a cyclo and then... 
No, I don't think it was a cyclo. I thought it was a human. Well, yeah, but that. What are they doing though? It looks I don't like they're know. mining. I know. That's why I was so confused. It already looks like the man animals are mining in there. Because it was definitely a human. Because he was using the breathing thing. That's true. And they were in the cyclo area. Right. Which the, one of the few creative decisions of this movie is anytime you're in the cyclo camp, it's blue, and anytime you're outside, it's red. Right. So that made it very easy to follow something. <laughs> um, and then John Travolta shows up and kills the two guys who are chasing Johnny. And Which, again, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either, because he could have just said, hey, quipping idiots. But like we said, their rules in the... Apparently, they can play judge, jury, and executioner and just murder <laughs> their fellow aliens at any point for right. breaking a rule. Right. <laughs> and is this where John Travolta then takes him to the learning machine? Yeah. No. Uh, mm, I don't know. I thought that they they left and went to the mining area first, and then he takes them to the learning machine. But I thought that he used the mining the learning machine to teach him how to use the mining equipment so that he could teach the other no, humans. first, okay, okay, hang on. First, first what happens is he takes him and puts him in that remote location to see what food he chooses. Because they're like, because remember, he's like, this guy, maybe we can use this guy for the mining, but we have to get like a primitive. Um, they have to have leverage. Primitive leverage. obsessed with leverage. Yeah, he's like, so we need a primitive leverage over this guy. So that's when they take him out and they put the camera button on him. Oh, yeah, yeah, Okay, so John Travolta has this dumb plan. Every plan that he has is dumb. <laughs> he has this dumb plan. And they get dumber as the movie goes on. Oh, yeah. But this this might actually take the cake. <laughs> John Travolta says that he needs to get leverage. Primitive over, leverage. Leverage over human, this man animal, because man animals are primitive. Right. And he thinks that the most... Base leverage you can have over someone, over a primitive species, is food. Right. So he lets them escape or drops them somewhere. I don't, we don't know how they get here, but suddenly right. they're, in a ma- they're in a mountain and it's right. three days later. Right. And the, and Forrest Whitaker smartly says they haven't eaten anything for three days. Right. And John Travolta says, Anytime now. Or he says the, the, they're going to eat any moment now. Right. They could have anything that they want. They just <laughs> haven't gotten it yet. Apparently, somehow he doesn't realize <laughs> that there's not a full stock fridge waiting for them. Yeah, they're in the middle of the mountains. <laughs> there's no stores around. There's no animals around. It's right. wi- it's winter. Right. Like there's snow. Right. And the Johnny and these his friends. They come across rats, so because that's the first meat that they've come across in three days, <laughs> they eat it. They eat rats, <laughs> and then John Travolta thinks for the rest of the movie <laughs> that the humans' favorite food is rats, and starts calling them rat brains. <laughs> and later, he's trying to tempt Johnny into doing something for him, and he says, "If you do it, I'll give you a rat." <laughs> And Johnny looks at him like, uh, I'd rather eat <laughs> the mushy green mashed potatoes than another rat. And the, he even, Do you even want lunch? <laughs> <laughs> 
And when Johnny's eating this rat, the two other guys that are with him are like, uh, I don't know if I want to eat that because he's eating it kind of raw. Like right. he has a fire. No, but that's he's like, another thing John DeVolta gets stuck on. He's eating it raw. Yeah, he's a, he's like, look, it's his favorite. Like we don't even have to cook it for. Yeah, it's even better. And Forrest Whitaker says again intelligently, <laughs> I don't think that they like rats. And John Travolta says, well, he's the leader. Of course, they're going to wait until he's done eating (laughs) when they obviously have. And the funny thing about this is they have the cyclos put button cams on the the uniforms of the man animals so that they can see exactly what they're doing. And they have cameras everywhere. But for some reason, they don't see the apprehension in Johnny's friends to eat these rats no and then uh what is um i guess then he puts them in the learning machine i don't remember why there's this like transition between oh we'll leverage him to putting him in the learning machine i don't really understand either but i think that's when they do the leverage machine it's also important to note that at this up until this point in the movie Neither the man animals or the cyclos can understand the language of each other. Right. So when we hear the cyclos talking from the human's perspective, it's like, (laughs) that's pretty much exactly what it sounds like. And for whatever reason, John Travolta thinks, oh, I'm going to put this man animal in this learning machine, which is this chair that beams energy into his head to teach him all of history everything i think but but more importantly like cyclone history right i guess like the notably he learns the cyclo language right but then in my favorite scene of the entire movie he goes he learns mathematics and biology and all this stuff and when did that ever come back never it never came back but there's the scene where he is Johnny's put back in the cages with the humans and he's telling them all about how they're going to escape. And he's using says, triangles. He's like, he <laughs> says, they taught me things like this. And he draws a triangle. He's like, this is a triangle and this is a formula and this. And he just starts doing math and equations on the ground. It has no connection to what they're lear- what they're talking about. No. And it doesn't come back into their plan at all, but he's humble bragging, I guess, about all the the things that he learned. like, this is a triangle. All sides are equal. And the one guy's like, equal to what? And he goes, each other. And it's like, okay. (laughs) It's like day two of your high school geometry class. And he thinks this is going to help them escape. Yeah. And then they get the guns? Because at some point they steal guns from the cyclones. Yeah. I th- And this is well, where things start to get really yeah. hazy. <laughs> because, okay, because I also remember, like, so then they have to change their plan for some reason because, like, there's not enough time to mine. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I think something else happens okay. first. Okay. John Travolta finds the girl that Johnny was dating and right. catches her. The more leverage. More leverage. Right. To do what he wants. They haven't even taken them to try to mine yet. But John Travolta keeps saying, we need more leverage. He kidnaps Johnny's girl and puts this, like, 
exploding collar on her and says if he ever doesn't do what he wants him to do, then he's going to blow her head off. Which I honestly thought it was his mom at first. but It could have been his mom. No, it was his girlfriend. They kissed at Maybe the end. Maybe it was but... his girlfriend mom. <laughs> Maybe. We don't know. We don't know. Then John Travolta gets mad that he can't walk underneath this arch in his office so he has a bunch of man animals come in, including Johnny, to knock down this arch to make more room for his giant head. <laughs> his giant hair piece. He says, there's not enough room for my ego in here. Let's just <laughs> knock this arch down. And for some reason, he takes, John Travolta takes Johnny to a library and tells him to read all of human knowledge. And Johnny reads the Declaration of Independence and learns all these things about <laughs> history, which also has no, no bearing on anything. It's it's kind of a heartwarming story about a cyclo <laughs> taking a chance on this human being whom he thinks is a primitive <laughs> being to teach him to stop being primitive. Right. Which then leads to his own downfall. Yes. Because John Travolta is so intelligent in this movie. Yeah, so intelligent. He teaches Johnny how to fly the the shippy thing, the planes, the oh yeah ship. So he teaches them how to do that, and like at one point he's like, "You better do it right this time, or she, or like off with somebody's head. He's gonna kill somebody if he doesn't learn his, how to fly his this girlfriend. plane." Okay, he's like, "You better fly this plane right, or we're gonna kill her." And it's like, "Whoa!" And then like, how is that supposed to increase the odds of him like being able to fly a foreign ship successfully? But it does. He's in this flight simulator and he crashes on his first try. Right. And John Travolta says he's gonna kill his girlfriend if he doesn't do better the second time. So definitely motivating. Right. Then John Travolta drops them on this cliff to start mining gold. And they say, all right, what we're going to do is fly to Fort Knox and take all these gold bars and pretend like we mined it. But really, we're going to use this time for planning our plan. Right, to escape. And... John Travolta shows up, takes the first load of gold, and says, all right, now you have half as much time to get the gold. And then they do the same thing, which... But they seemed like... It, they acted like it was going to be difficult to get the same amount of gold in half the time. I didn't understand anything of that part, but... No. Yeah. But... Wait, when did they get guns? That's that's when they're... Oh, when they were... When they were uh, doing the construction on the arch for his ego. Oh, that's they, when he gets, they get the guns. Because that's whenever he, see, now I don't really understand because, wait, you're missing like a plot, a, a part of the movie here. So, uh, so okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really passionate about it because I watched it three times. So like, so Johnny learns the Cyclone's language yeah. and he can speak, understand what they're saying, but he doesn't tell them that he knows what they're saying because he wants like no, he to knows get what they're up. saying because he talks to John Travolta. I not yet. He <laughs> listen. <laughs> Did you watch this movie three times? Okay, so he he 
when as soon as he learns the cyclone language, he doesn't tell John Travolta right away, and because they're making a big deal about it, like this guy's so stupid, he eats rats and he can't learn our language. What was I thinking trying to teach him that? That's because right. yeah, I vaguely remember that. Okay, because he was trying to like, like. Basically, he was trying to, like, one-up them and, like, hear their plan and pretend like he didn't know what they were saying. Mm-hmm. But eventually, for some reason, he blows his cover. I think he was getting ready to shoot. John Travolta was getting ready to shoot someone. So he says, like, Yeah, Stop. he was going to shoot his friend. Yeah, so then he starts, like, and then they start this revolt and they get all these guns because they enter the security code. Yeah, because he finds a tablet with instructions on how to open the safe where he keeps all the guns. Right. And it says, do not use your personal ID identification number for your password. Yeah. And Johnny says, try his personal identification yeah. number backwards. Yeah. And that's what it is. <laughs> and so they get these guns, and then they start to shoot at John Travolta and stuff, and there's no ammo in it. And he's like, you idiot, we don't store guns with ammo in it already. And so, like, they take him captive again or something. I don't really know. Basically, he's captive again. And then he has to go to Jabba the Hutt, and he has to tell Jabba the Hutt, like, a new plan. Because, like, this is where I don't really understand, and it got really confusing for me. This is where, not earlier, (laughs) where you are saying this is where. No, like, I pretty much have followed it up until here. Like, like, I don't really understand, like, why they do what they do or, like, why the humans are captive. But I understand. Okay, so so but at this point is when I get completely like lost because now he has to go to Java the Hut and he's like basically like because he makes a side plan with his secretary minion person and he's like remember you know what I'm talking about where he's like now he has to go to Java the Hut and say I know uh, he kills him at some point right because be- he frames him for all the revolts that are happening right. There's no revolts that were actually happening, though. So so he goes to Jabba the Hutt, and he's like, I will tell them that you're skimming money from the books. Because he you, was skimming money right, from the books. If you don't let me take these man animals to go mine. Like, there's some deal struck there. And, like, basically, and then, like, it doesn't work out. And so then... No, no, it does work out. He gives, remember, he gives, um, Jabba the Hutt gives Johnny, like, this paper, John Travolta, this paper that says, like, he, I don't know. He gives him a paper that says he can do what he wants, and then he goes down to one of the other Cyclone guys that guard the gate, and he's like, Jabba the Hutt up here wants me to take these man animals to see if they can go mine. And the guy who's guarding the gate, like, ha ha, why would he think the man animals could mine anything? And he's like, I don't know. And so John Travolta's like, Java Hutt's losing his mind. He's like, well, got to do what the boss says. Okay, here's all the mining equipment. You guys can go. You remember that? Yeah, I do. Okay. You're also reminding me now that this movie is two hours long. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I am well aware of the length of this movie. I just felt like that was important because there was some deal struck because he had his secretary say the plan on camera so that he could pin everything on him. Yeah. And, and he says, he, uses, he tells him that he pins everything. Yeah. It on and him he's too. like, uh, t- think of this as, a, as your education. Always have someone to pin in Always case. Always have a patsy. Yeah. To pin your plans on in case it backfires or in case you get caught. So. Let's just skip ahead to the end of the movie because uh, clearly a lot of things happen. So their plan is to steal a shuttle 
fly it into the dome of the Cyclos to kill all of them on the planet and then have one of them teleport to the Cyclo planet and set off a nuclear bomb because apparently their atmosphere is susceptible to radiation and it'll blow up their whole planet. I'm really glad you knew the plan because I had no idea what their plan was. Well, long story short, the plan goes well. and Oh, except John Travolta survives. Right. And, uh, oh, he gets his arm cut off in a fight with Johnny, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because he used the collar thing to blow his arm off. Right. And then they put him in a cage inside Fort Knox where he's surrounded by all of his gold so that he can look at all of the gold for the rest of his life in prison. And Force Whitaker joins the humans because... they He says, like, he joins them because, like, they made him a leader or something. Yeah, they gave him, like, a sweet deal. Yeah. And for some reason they determined that he was trustworthy. Right. When... He double-crossed Johnny. I don't even... Did they ever interact with him in the movie? Apart mm. from the beginning when... He shoots the secu- the guard guy. Uh, whenever he throws him off, they when they have the flying debate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When he has the debate about them flying. That's all I can remember. Yeah. So this movie was garbage. Yep. And yep. Don't watch it three times. Don't watch it. If three you times. fall asleep the first time, just count yourself lucky. Yeah, because you you assumed that you missed. Yeah. The, the reason you watched the whole thing through was because you thought that you missed more than you actually did right. when you slept because of how confounding this movie is. Yeah. But I, and like, I watched the movie through three times. And then on the last time rewatching it, I actually rewinded like back 10 or 15 minutes so I could rewatch the ending because I was still so thoroughly confused. I was like, I have to be missing something. I was not missing anything. The movie just makes zero sense. No. So, a couple fun facts about this movie. Um, John Travolta is an idiot. Yeah, John Travolta's character is an idiot. Caitlin, if you were to estimate a budget for this movie, just take a shot in the dark. Okay, can you give me, like, an example? Because I'm bad with estimation. So, like, give me an example of, like, a good movie in their budget. I can't do that. I just wrote down the budget for this movie. Okay. Well, what does a typically good movie use? Like, a... 10,000? I mean, it's going to be a couple hundred million. Oh, million. For like a good movie. All right. I'm going to go with probably 90,000. 90,000? 900,000. Okay. So I'm just, okay. (laughs) I'm way off. We're going to play a new game. (laughs) So the estimated budget for this movie was $73 million. $73 million? Yes. Which... Ten million of that went to John Travolta just for his salary. Mm, I didn't count that. Okay. And well, the thing is, there's a little bit of a discrepancy over what the actual budget of this movie was, because the studio who was producing it was committing fraud, and oh. they inflated the price to get more money out of it. So it was probably closer to like forty-four million. Okay. But the studio who produced it went bankrupt after this movie. That makes sense. Because guess what the total box office return for this movie was? 10,000. Very low. 7,000? Still low. 
too low. Oh, too low. I thought even like go lower. I was like, no. whoa. Okay, uh, a million. Uh, it returned eight million. That's the worldwide and domestic box office. That's too much. <laughs> That's way too much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So where are they now? Well, John Travolta in uh, recently was in a movie called Gotti, based off of the famous gangster that received a zero on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I was just about to say. I was literally just about to say. You know what? Wherever they are now, it's better than where they were in 2000. Well, if you look at John Travolta's career, this movie does point was a, a low point for him. Right. And he didn't really, I wouldn't say that he fully recovered from it. Mm. He still did some like some decent-ish roles, mm-hmm. but to be fact, to, to be truthful, he didn't. Mm. Um also, some interesting facts about this movie. During the press for this movie, he compared it to Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, but better. Mm. And he also called it the Schindler's List of sci-fi Which, films. Which, like, what does that even mean? Apparently, it was a story about a space holocaust. <laughs> and an alien who saves them. Was he the alien that saved them? What if John Travolta thought he was the good guy in this whole movie? He did think he was the good guy because he was trying to... Blackmail his people. Oh gosh. Um, John Travolta will still defend this movie to this day. It's rumored that the current head of Scientology has distanced Scientology from this movie at the bequest of Tom Cruise, and Forrest Whitaker has expressed his regret in making it. Well, rightly so. Yeah. Um, we said earlier it was based on a book by L. Ron Hubbard, the founder of Scientology. There was also talk of a sequel and an animated series for it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my. This is before it bombed. Like, this is before it was released. They were talking about a sequel because this apparently the book is longer than what this movie was. There was more to the story. I don't know because I didn't care enough to look it up. No. Do you know what um, Ron L. Hubbard thinks of this movie? I, he was not alive when it was made. That. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so, just kidding. Well, actually, when did he die? I have no idea. That's why I asked that question, which apparently is stupid. Um, let's look that up real quick. Okay. He died. Oh, he died in 1986. So, yeah, he was super oh, dead by the time this movie came dead. out. Um, but well, John Travolta still wanted to make it for him. Yeah, because L. Ron Hubbard was his homie, not <laughs> David Miscavige, the current head of Scientology. Mm. Uh, Forrest Whitaker, he's had a pretty decent career. He was in Rogue One, and uh, he had that small part in Sorry to Bother You, which came out last year, which is a fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what else he's been in recently, but he his career did not take a hit from this. Where's I would say Johnny? I was just about to get to I him. need to know where Johnny is. So Barry Pepper surprisingly had a decent career. Uh, fun fact about him, he said that if he had known he was going to win the Razzie for Best Supporting Actor for this movie, he would have shown up to accept the award. <laughs> he was in, uh, He he's had smaller parts, but he was in The Green Mile, True Grit, and the last two Maze Runner movies. He was also in that really bad movie that came out last year, the year before, Monster Trucks. Mm. But he also played Bobby Kennedy on the Kennedys TV show. Hmm. And I didn't bother to look up anybody else because 
nobody else mattered. Mm, no. So which takes us to our next segment. Caitlin, how would you improve on this movie? There's no way to improve this movie. Actually, I did think about this question because I had a feeling you were going to ask. and I Because it's on our outline every week? Yeah. (laughs) And I decided dragons would make it better. But I don't really have good reason for it. (laughs) I just feel like if you added dragons, I could just see Johnny, like, when they drop him off, his friend off, like, dragons moves up and catches up. That would be, like, a crazy plot twist. Like, and then Force Worker says, see, I told you they could fly. Exactly. And then, like, like, the dragons just throw fire on everything and you just the end scene is just Johnny riding this dragon into the sunlight I just feel like dragons would make it better but I mean so what they need is (laughs) this movie needs a crossover with Reign of Fire yeah so Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale show up riding dragons exactly to save the day exactly that's exactly what it needs I want to see this movie but where not only do, instead of nuking the cycloplanet, they teleport, all of the people teleport to the cycloplanet, and then they wreak havoc. Mm, that would be a good tale. Or, I really don't know. This movie's so it, bad. I don't, like, I, I seriously don't know how you could improve on it. Like, you would need to rewrite the story. There's nothing good about it. And, like, the plot itself doesn't even make sense. So There's like, nothing really redeeming no. about it. Because it doesn't make sense why these aliens are mining gold on Earth. No. You would assume that if they were part of some larger galactic political thing system, mm-hmm. that there's probably something more valuable than gold in mm-hmm. the universe. Right. Like dark matter or sun energies. No. Barely not. No, it's still gold. Elrond Hubbard had a obsession with uh, hoarding money, so I kind of think that maybe he wrote this book with himself in the shoes of John Travolta's character. Which is why John Travolta wanted to play that character. Instead of Johnny. Right. He wanted to be the good guy. Right. <laughs> really, Johnny is the bad guy in all of this. Right. Because if it wasn't for him and his ability to learn they would not have wiped out the Cyclos. Exactly. This movie should be called Battlefield Earth or The Day Turl Ruined Everything. (laughs) (laughs) Turl is just trying to do his job. If you had just given him that promotion, (laughs) you wouldn't blow up your entire planet. Right. Moral of the story is give your employees promotions before they kill everybody. There's a lot of morals to this story. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we are running low on time, when, but I wanted to, we decided, we were talking this week about this podcast in general, and we said, you know what, we don't talk about relationships enough on here. So I'd like to introduce a brand new question slash segment called, Will the Couple Last? Now, in this movie, there are not many couples. You could look at it as, the most obvious one is Johnny and his girlfriend. You're right which we will ask if they will last, seeing as she seems to be one of the few females in their group. Mm -hmm. I can imagine a lot of people fighting over them. Mm -hmm. You could also ask the question of John Travolta's Turl and the girl that he meets at one point named, like, Er or Oh, goodness, I forgot about her. Yeah, it's some snake-looking lady with a giant forehead that has a tongue that's two feet long and... 
Mm. There's some innuendos there. <laughs> so you could ask if that relationship would have lasted. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that. But I like to think that the core relationship to this movie is between Turl and Kerr, John yeah. Travolta and Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Caitlin, do you think they're going to last? Because they are together still. I I do. I I think that they're go. He's going to double cross the humans. Yeah, and uh, and pledges allegiance to Johnny Depp. I mean, John Travolta. <laughs> definitely not in this movie. <laughs> Whoa, that Johnny Depp shows up riding on a dragon. Oh my gosh. Okay, hold on. Let's go back for a second. Okay. New way to improve this movie. In the midst of the humans revolting against the Cyclos and trying to enact their plan, another race of aliens shows up, led by Johnny Depp, <laughs> who just adds a third a third group of people into the equation. And now, not only are the humans enslaved, but the Cyclos are also enslaved. The sequel to this movie is the Cyclos and the humans working together to defeat this, this new race of aliens. Movie. Than what we got. <laughs> so uh, the, the other sad thing is that there was nothing interesting in this, nothing said in this movie that would have made a more interesting movie nope. than nope. what we got. No. But I do think that they're going to last. You think that they're going to be friends to the end? Yeah, friends to the end. Like Andy and Chucky? That's right. <laughs> do you think they'll last? Uh, no. No. I think that as soon as Turl gets out of that cage, he's... Soup's going to murder Kerr. Mm. This is very true. I don't think he could take him back. But I don't think that Tur will make it very far because he's going to be too obsessed with trying to take the gold back. Well, yeah, and I think like his own stupidity is going to kill him. Yeah, so. probably. Um, obviously, Turl and the, uh, the Cyclo Girl isn't going to last because she's dead now. <laughs> so will Johnny and What's-Her-Face last? I'm going to go with yes, because I just don't care enough about them to really put too much thought into it. Well, if you're stopping someone from getting their head blown up, you know, that kind of, yeah, that means a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe on his part. We'll see about her. Yeah. They do have to repopulate the planet now, and I could see that ending very badly for their relationship. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts you want to add about this? Don't watch this movie. And if you do, don't watch it three times. All right. Final rating time. Caitlin, how many forced laughs would you give this movie? <laughs> um, zero. Zero? Zero forced. I, th- this movie was so bad. I, I can't. It was better than Jason X, though, but worse than everything else we've talked about. So I would say this. I would give it four. What? Four out of five forced no. laughs. No. What are you this talking about? No. This is, listen, 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 <laughs> listen. This is why. I think that this is one of those bad movies that you do have to watch. I would say that the, thus far, I would put it in the top ten need to watch bad movies of all time. Because, one, it is just baffling. This movie makes no sense. John Travolta doesn't make sense. Forrest Whitaker doesn't make sense. The plot doesn't make sense. None of this movie makes sense. No. But also, it's a lot of fun to talk about. This is probably the most fun I've had during one of our podcasts, (laughs) 
talking about a bad movie. I think the key is you have to watch it multiple times, like to have fun with it. Because or like, just watch it with a large group of people. You hate yourself so much. Okay. <laughs> I think if we had watched this with more people, it probably would have been great too. Because you could make be lots of jokes. Night. It wouldn't be a date night at that point. <laughs> Maybe it would have kept you awake. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Uh, this movie's available on Netflix, so if you do want to watch it, which I recommend it, Caitlin does not, nope. you can watch that now, available through streaming. I imagine this will be available to stream in perpetuity, because Netflix can get it for pretty cheap. It's actually $6 on Amazon right now. Yes, yeah, so if you want to buy it, that's a steal right there. Yes, and if you do feel like buying it, go to our website, ajourneyintofilm.com. Click on the link for the podcast and use the Amazon affiliate link so that we get a slice of that sweet, sweet... Six dollars. Six dollars. Uh, or if you just feel like buying anything else through Amazon, still use our affiliate link because then we can fund this podcast. And, Yay. Uh, put more time into it and yes. buy better microphones or headphones or whatever things we need. Right. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to add to that? No, no. All right. Um, so the, uh, all right. So you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Journey Into Film. You can also go over to our website at journeyintofilm.com, read some of the reviews that we've written, or at least that I've written. Caitlin doesn't work for the website. She just works nope. for the podcast. <laughs> uh, you can read some of the reviews that I've written about good movies and good TV shows and maybe get some recommendations. You can also hit that subscribe button on iTunes to follow all future episodes of this show. Next week, we are very excited to announce that we're going to have guests on the show for the first time so we will talk about their relationship and their personal favorite bad movie which is called stalked by my doctor patient's revenge they told us not to know anything about this movie going in blind so i'm also going to recommend that to you but i think that by the name it's going to be phenomenal oh i imagine this will be the best movie that we've talked about so far agreed so tune in next week for some guests That's all, folks.